Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I have let down my parents, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents. Hi, I'm Pete Donaldson from the Abroad in Japan podcast. And something went very wrong with the Abroad in Japan podcast last week if you downloaded it between the hours of, I don't know, 6am and 10am. Uh, if you did download that and it sounded a bit weird by the end of the show, where it sounded like we were literally just talking over each other, uh, we weren't being quite so rude, although we do have it in us. Um, it was just something to do with the computer and me not being clever and probably me being tired as well. So if you want to have a go at me, I'm tired, all right? But it's fixed now. It won't happen again. And if you ever have any problems with the podcast, just re-download it. We will have noticed. We get messages all the time saying, Oi, Pete, Oi, Chris, the podcast is ruined. And so we look at it and we fix it. So if you ever have any problems, just give it a little re-download. Isn't that right, Chris? Yes. Yes, it is. Is that all you're bringing to this apology? That's all I'm bringing to the table in this one. <laughs> all right. Guys, it's Pete's fault, not mine. I'm, I'm really nice. Roll the show. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm back on the pod in my little box in my kitchen. So if you can hear drilling outside, that's not my fault. That's the fact that Soho never stops being built. One day Soho will be finished. And one day I'll be able to record a, co- record a podcast without worrying about uh, the sound coming through the bloody walls. I love the way each week we get to learn more and more about your kitchen and yeah. your apartment in Soho, building up a sort of image of what it looks like and what it's like to live in central London. <laughs> so glamorous. Yesterday's burger, well, highlights bit the mainly. <laughs> That's what you can smell in, in uh, the old uh, kitchen of me. <laughs> Just yesterday's burgers. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So, good news, ladies and gentlemen. Pete Donaldson... Uh, the serial Japanophile. Oh, it I'm sounds not really sure. wrong. When yeah, I, I don't like. Cereal, I don't like the addition of, of cereal. I mean, there's there is no <laughs> good thing you can do in cereal. Serial murderer. Serial um, sexual menace. There's no nothing good happens in cereal apart from fairy lights. Or is that parallel? I always forget. They used to teach you in school uh, the difference between serial electricity and parallel electricity, and one of them works in parallel. I think it might be parallel. Carry on, Chris. Sorry. 
I'll carry, basically, <laughs> I don't know how to, get, how to recover from that. Uh, <laughs> serial Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson, is coming to Japan again. Yay! Which is something he does a lot. Well, at least twice a year, it seems. I look at where I can go, I take a week or so off, and then I go, right, I could go to a place I've never been before. India, South America, Russia. And then my hand, like, as if controlled by some unseen force. It could be a good anime, this. <laughs> I'm always ordering. <laughs> I go on to the JAL uh, or, you know, British Airways uh, thing and, and, and book flights to Japan. Like, I'm a weird, strange man. But, yeah, coming back for a few days. Be lovely. I want to see my boy Chris. Well, I guess as a Japanophile, it's essential. Yeah, must kind of renew your credentials, right? People often ask, "What is what makes Pete a Japanophile?" Uh, and, Spending and, uh, limitless amounts of money on going. Just because, it's just because he comes to Japan a lot, yeah. at least once a year, um, which is more than anyone else I know. Yeah. I don't know how you can find the time or money to do it, but uh, it's great to have you over. And we'll be meeting up in Tokyo for the first time ever because yeah. I realised the other day that twice, the two times we've met in Tokyo, in, in Japan, uh, we've always met in really obscure places like Yamagata mm. or a field in uh, by a lake near Kyoto somewhere. We always meet in really weird places. So it'd be <laughs> nice to meet in Tokyo once and for all and get up to some fun and hijinks there. Yeah, I mean, obviously, me and you will be going straight to the Sky Tree, uh, and then we'll be going to Golden Guy, and and then the Robot Cafe. All the classics. <laughs> Have you been to the Robot Restaurant? I've never actually been to the Robot Restaurant. Like that. Admittedly, I've never go. been to. The, no, I've got to go. You've got, got to go. go. You've got to do it. Oh, but it's if, so. If you're it's so loud in Japan in June, <laughs> sometime in the last, the latter half of June. Go to Robot Restaurant and you might see Pete and I sitting in the audience <laughs> waving our glow sticks and drinking Strong Zero. Yay! Um, yeah, it'd be fun, that. I'm looking forward to it. It should be good. Yeah. Let's maybe do we'll something. Maybe we'll make a video. Probably yeah, won't. Maybe we'll. But we'll try. <laughs> You've always got your camera do on. Do something. Yeah. Yeah. Stick it at the end of what one you of your better Japan, videos. Um, just doing <laughs> the usual thing, like a mate said he wanted to go. Uh, and he and I sort of went oh, okay then fine <laughs> I'll come with you and we'll you know go around but and the problem is you end up you do end up seeing the same thing over and over again he says he wants to go to Hiroshima he wants to go to um, uh, like Himeji Castle I'm like, or Osaka Castle I'm like oh, these are all things so I'll just let him do what he wants and then I'll just mm. go to the places that I want to go to so there we go I want to kind of explore the the, the, the South Island the uh, is it Kyushu uh, oh yeah Kyushu yeah. I want to, yeah not really an island I guess is it but I just I've not really seen much of that apart from Fukuoka and uh, Nagasaki so I want to kind of I'll do a little tour around there and maybe uh, climb Mount Fuji um, the season starts on July the 1st but I reckon we can sneak up there without anyone knowing <laughs> How did Peter you, die? You, you're genuinely <laughs> going to climb Mount Fuji? Yeah, because I've never done it before. Uh, like, we were Ooh. talking about this a few weeks ago. Um, it might be quite fun to sort of um, do it in, like, just get up really early in the morning, uh, go to one of the easier climbs, or the quicker climbs, rather, and just get up there and get mm. down there. But the, the problem with doing it out of season is that none of the um, stations are open, none of the hotels, none of the uh, little shelters are open, so if the weather gets a bit rough, we might be a bit fucked. Um, and also, you've got to bring your own toilet as well. I've been having a read up on things. So, yeah, do it on season. Crikey. It might be busier, but it's certainly safer. <laughs> I reckon you should film it. Yeah? That'd be amazing. Yeah, film it for me oh, and everyone. And everyone. <laughs> if you provide provide the GoPro. I'm not carrying anything heavier than a GoPro, for crying out loud. <laughs> I will happily provide you with a GoPro. Okay, if, you, right. if you film it, I will definitely give you a GoPro. All right, Because I would pay great money to see you going up Mount Fuji <laughs> uh, or attempting to do so uh, I think you could probably do it if I could do it you can certainly do it you're yeah. at least you, you're fitter than I am 
You I'm play not, football. So I, do, I, I play one game of football every two weeks. That's how exactly. football I am. It's more than I do. <laughs> but uh, when you're coming over with your friends, do uh, do show them abroad Japan videos. Yes. We did have a uh, Hiroshima video out just last week. Uh, so I've, it's six years I've lived in Japan. I wanted to always make a video on Hiroshima. But for some reason, I never did it, even though I visited there three or four times. I think it's because every time I'm in Hiroshima... I kind of just want to relax and eat okonomiyaki and just mm. have fun. Uh, and this time, finally, I filmed it. And uh, so if you're looking, you want to see what Hiroshima looks like, ladies and gentlemen, do go and check it out on the Abroad Japan channel. Uh, I think it's called 24, I think it's called, as if I don't know, 24 hours in Hiroshima, six things you need to do. And one <laughs> of those things, of course, is the pizza vending machine, yeah. which we first revealed, I think, six months ago, didn't we, on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that uh, video very much, especially because you got to the end of eating your pizza and then realised there were free pizza cutters built into the machine. And you're like, oh, for crying out I know. We, uh, <laughs> so we got this, the, the pizza vending machine, to finish off the saga of the pizza vending machine that began six months ago when we discussed it uh, in a video, in a podcast. It was pretty... Average. It was about five or six out of ten. The pizza wasn't too bad. It was oven cooked. It takes about, I think, three or four minutes. So you put in about a thousand yen, about ten dollars, and you wait three or four minutes. Then it comes out, uh, just dispenses like a like a photo booth. It just sort mm. of slides out the back somewhere, and uh, and there you have it. But the problem I had is I was standing in this car park. I think it was about eleven o'clock at night, and I had no pizza cutter. And I'm just sort of standing in the park car park eating this pizza. Uh, and it was pretty difficult. But then afterwards, <laughs> literally 20 seconds after we finished the pizza, we discovered at the bottom of the vending machine, there was like a little box, and it's got pizza cutters and all sorts of equipment in there that you could just take for free. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I felt like a mug for not seeing it earlier. But it was <laughs> it was good to try it finally, once and for all. Yeah. It's, and it, it looked felt, pretty good. I felt maybe it was a bit misplaced going to Hiroshima. <laughs> it's a great cultural city seeing things like the Atomic Bomb Dome and the Itsukashima Shrine and then just going to a pizza vending machine, but I don't regret it. I would do it again. And though I did recommend it in the video as the sixth thing to do, the uh, the sixth thing on my list, I probably wouldn't recommend going and doing it. There's probably better things you should do in Hiroshima. It's more like a little bonus. Yeah. I, but you I, have to go, Pete. You're obliged to go. Well, I, I, did, I did go to Hiroshima before, but um, I didn't spend that long there. I think you just kind of... I think I just told that story before where that we met that man who was uh, a Marine, uh, and he was drinking yeah. strong He was drinking strong zero uh, or some kind of very strong alcohol at, like, 11 o'clock in the morning, and he told us about a, a topless bar. I was like, mate, have some respect. <laughs> your, <laughs> lot, your lot did this. <laughs> I, um, speaking of drunk... I uh, sort of there's a video that's been doing the rounds on Twitter recently that made my day, mm. and it is just of this old Japanese dude standing on a train, and every time the train doors shut, he sticks his hand out and just reopens the doors again, blocks the door, and uh, it uh, it it goes on for over a minute to the point where staff from the train station keep coming over and pushing his hand back in, <laughs> and just as the doors go shut once more, he puts his hand back through and delays the train. Even further, you can go on my Twitter and check it out, or just type in "man stops train from leaving station in Japan," and it's pretty funny. It looks like something out of a sitcom. This man with a shopping bag, looking rather disgruntled. I don't know if he's drunk or just a dickhead. Uh, but what amazed me the most in the video, if you watch it, you see him. He, he reopens the doors at least ten to twelve times. Uh, it's all the people on the train are just standing there. The train's really full, and they're just sort of standing there watching him do it, and they're mm. not doing anything. Yeah, it's typical kind of Japan, nobody's inter intervening 
in the public mayhem. Whereas if it was the UK, I think he'd probably been thrown off the train or <laughs> punched in the face. Oh, uh, man, um, he, but- is, he is a sociopath, this gentleman. He, I can't tell whether he's drunk, but he's certainly a goddamn sociopath. He just won't let the train leave. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's not a great example. We, we've had a lot of stories on this podcast about uh, foreigners coming over to Japan and being just obscene. Uh, but this guy's doing his, uh, doing his bit, isn't he? <laughs> Doing his bit to be a dick. I <laughs> learnt a new word from it, actually. It's quite okay. interesting. There's a, there's a word. It turns out there's a Japanese word for this kind of person. Uh, an elderly problem, problem causing man. Mm. Uh, it's raw guy. Raw, it kind of means old, and guy just means idiot, I think. It's raw guy, and it just means, uh, yeah, just a problem causing old person. Mm. Uh, it's quite common in Japan. Ger- oh, this is another word I learned gerontocracy. Do you know? Mm. Do you know this word, gerontocracy? Well, I guess it's kind of like uh, related to geriatric, isn't it? Uh, geriatric. People, people gerontocracy is when elders exert excessive control over the young, which is actually a serious problem in Japan. Um, but yeah, raw guy. Well, I'm out of. I mean, there's is it gerontophile? Ger- ger- uh, no, not gerontophile. That means you'd probably want to have sex with them. Uh, <laughs> what is uh, when you God. kill an old person? It's uh, oh, I can't remember now. <laughs> but uh, that's got the je in it as well. But I like the idea of uh, I like the idea of uh, raw guy, uh, uh, the the old people excessive uh, and their excessive force on the youth. Very much mm. how Brexit happened in the in the UK. You would sort of uh, you would sort of argue. Yeah. Old people, isn't it? Mm. I mean, uh, it's it's a real problem in Japan, though. Old people... I read uh, an article that uh, crimes are on the rise in Japan f- for amongst old people. Right. Uh, I even read a story that old elderly people in Japan are wanting to get into prison just because they were kind of feeling a bit excluded and left out in society. Obviously, right. it's a rare thing. I don't, I don't think most old people are doing this. But, uh, mm. yeah, I read it's, it's on the rise. Old people causing, creating problems for people and undertaking... Annoying, like pesky crime, like yeah. putting their hands in doors to stop trains or nicking <laughs> a bit of fried chicken at a family mart, like really troublesome, crappy crime. To be fair, if you're to... if you're able to steal a bit of fried chicken from a family mart, good on you because it's behind glass. You can't get to it. You got to be served it, <laughs> and then you'd run out. See you later, dickheads. It, it would take <laughs> some sort of technique. Yeah, yeah. I um, but that's not what we're here this week. I another article I saw though is that it's every I think every three or four months there's always articles or stories coming out about Japan and how people don't seem to like having sex anymore. And this oh. week it was revealed that about one in four Japanese adults in their twenties and thirties is a virgin, and in fact one in ten Japanese men are forty-year-old virgins. It kind of goes hand in hand with the uh, the drop in population that's forecast going forward. They, Japan's population at the moment is 126 million. Right. Uh, but by 2050, it's forecast to drop beneath 100 million. And whilst that's probably good to some degree, because Japan will finally not be so ridiculously crowded, uh, there's nothing <laughs> like when you walk through Tokyo on a weekday, 5pm, you can't help but think uh, less population is a good thing. But economically, <laughs> it would ruin the country entirely. Um, it would just, It's going to really cause problems for the country. And people aren't having sex to sort it out. Mm. Uh, why not? Um, <laughs> probably, I imagine. Put probably on the spot. Give me some answers, Pete. I reckon it's because um, men have weird ideas, uh, thanks to their pornography that they consume, uh, about what is acceptable <laughs> and what's not acceptable in sex. And that is a problem the whole world round, I would argue. There's probably. all kinds of nonsense going on in those things. In the West Ham, I'd argue East. it's more for economic reasons, but yeah. each, each to their own. I think there's no one reason. Mm. There's no one reason. 
Um, they found public uh, public health experts at to- the University of Tokyo found that uh, sexual inexperience was on the rise, mm. uh, with the percentage of women aged eighteen to thirty nine who'd never had sex rising to twenty four point six percent. Wow! And it was just twenty one point seven percent in nineteen ninety two, uh, whereas for men it was even worse. Twenty five point eight percent were virgins in twenty fifteen, and that's up from twenty percent in nineteen ninety two. Whereas in the UK and the US and Australia, it's more. B- between one to five percent for people in their thirties who uh, haven't had sex. I think, I think it's mainly due to the economic situation of Japan. After the eighties, obviously, uh, Japan's economy went down the pan. People started worrying, and I know a lot of couples don't want kids now because of the financial burden of having children. It's hard enough to live in Japan, let alone having kids. Um, but yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I don't think anybody has a definitive answer. I think it's a number of problems. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a number it's, of issues. I think it's like um, there's a situation where I think uh, <laughs> the thing that like saddens me is um, if it's if you've got a real kind of uh, complex about it and you think that you know you get to thirty five, forty, and you haven't had sex, um, the first couple of times you have sex is invariably going to be terrible because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. So, like, imagine having like terrible sex for the first time. My first sexual experience wasn't too bad, but I know a lot of people who had terrible sex when they first started because, you know, you're young. Um, And you get to that point. Surely, regardless of your age, you just have terrible sex. Yeah, but but imagine getting to that age and then going, what, I waited my whole life for this nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) But surely it must also be about... um, uh, like th- there's a lot of gossip. Uh, it's quite gossipy, isn't it? Kind of uh, your reputation. You have to stand in your reputation as a, as a Japanese person. So if you're promiscuous, um, you don't want to be seen as uh, being someone who's, who's easy or, or who, who spreads um, his or her favours too liberally around the place. Um, so it's kind of like it, it's all about um, honour and respect and, and all that jazz, all that nonsense. It doesn't mean anything really. Um, and uh, you, you don't want to be seen as someone who um, just has sex all the time, maybe. Potentially. Potentially. I, I think there's a real big stigma around it all. Yeah. Uh, just finding a partner in Japan. All right, there's a, a system where, it, it, I think before, certainly before the days of Tinder, most Japanese people, a lot of Japanese people met at parties where you have these special parties. I was at uh, Hub in Sendai not too long ago. Mm. It was one of these parties going on ah. um, where about 20 women show up, 20 men show up, they pay in advance, whatever, and they come along and the idea is to kind of network or rather just try and find someone to mm. hook up with and have a date and whatnot. Um, that's quite a popular, it's a very popular system. I'm mm. trying to remember the word. It ends with kai because kai means party in Japan. Something kai. Damn it, I can't remember what it is. But Hubakai. it's a common system. Hubakai. <laughs> eh? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Getting drunk in <clears throat> hub and trying to pull people. To be fair, <laughs> I think that's what most foreign people seem to do in Tokyo. But mm. um, yeah, and it's quite popular to do that. But uh, you never see. It's, it's very rare to see people chat anyone up at a bar in Japan, unless they are really wasted, in which case it's fairly common. But uh, <laughs> certainly compared to the West, I think people just are very wary of approaching strangers in Japan and just striking up a conversation. Oh, my, uh, my dear boy, you've never been to Nichomei in uh, Shinjuku, the uh, gay district. <laughs> my well, friend, I could have... I could have... Japan was in Nichomei. I could have had a lovely uh, time that night, I reckon. Did you get any numbers? No, just a, just a lot of, um, like, linking of arms. It was a bit weird. Fantastic. Like, yeah. Fun. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> Um, the linking of arms. Yeah, very strange. But there you go. We don't have any answers to the situation. No. I don't think most people do. It's a mixture of issues going on. Uh, this was this was actually a, a question Melissa sent in. Hey, Chris and Pete, just wanted to say I love your podcast. I absolutely hate mornings and hate work even more. I've been binging the podcast and it's been an absolute game changer. I can't start my day without listening to Chris's sexy voice Ooh. and Pete's, hilar- Pete's hilarious and contagious energy. Contagious energy. Contagious, uh, sexy no voice. no sexy voice. I'm unlucky, <laughs> mate. Um, but <laughs> Melissa's question was, today I read about how a quarter of straight Japanese men and women are virgins because most men are afraid of rejection. It mm. even stated that this is a national concern. What are your thoughts on this? Love the podcast, boys. Keep up the amazing work. Melissa. Uh, so, rejection. I think that's definitely a key factor. If you think rejection's bad in the West, it's twice as, twice as unpleasant in Japan, I think. As much more, many more people are scared of rejection than back home. Right. Um, I remember rejection was an issue for me. Actually, I was really scared of rejection up until the age of about fifteen. I was terrified to go near anyone and ask them out on a date because when I was ten years old, there was a girl I really liked at school, and I asked my friend to go and uh, to go and ask them on a date for me because I was too scared. Yeah. And she said no. And oh. Since then, for the next five six years, I was like, ah, I'll never. Ask anyone out again. Be your old busted. Fortunately, the situation resolved itself around the age of fifteen <laughs> when I got too cocky. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think it's nice to uh, I think it's nice to uh, have a bit of mixture of both um, situations. But I, I've I've never I don't think I've ever asked anyone out. 
everyone always has to ask me because I'm incredibly shy. Come to and you, again, I'm they? completely afraid of re- rejection, massively. I've got to know it's kind of on the card, sort of, <laughs> before I do anything. <laughs> really? I thought you were the complete antithesis nah, to rejection. Nah, I, I know people who, nah. who will, you know, they'll walk around the room, they'll have a go, they'll have a go, they'll have, they'll have a go asking everyone out. <laughs> uh, you know, if 10% ask it to say yes, they're... Uh, and, you know, people like confidence, but I don't have confidence, so it's fine. It's fine. That's where Mr. Alcohol comes right That's in. That's where Mr. I, Alcohol comes my, in. My confidence and fear of rejection, my fear of rejection nosedived after I discovered alcohol, so it <laughs> seems to be that's the trick. Definitely. Uh, we've got some questions sent in by you guys. Uh, the first one's from Minxie. says, hi, Pete. Yo. Three exclamation oh, marks. Hello. And Chris. Okay, this, is a, this is a Pete fan. Yeah. Uh, what is the most popular <laughs> foreign nationality in Japan? Is it even remotely acceptable to be French? Or should I masquerade as a Brit or German if I can speak the languages? Thanks anyway. Keep up the good work. An amazing podcast, Pete. Mixy. Mm. <laughs> Cheers, mate. <laughs> You've got a French fan. That's yeah. lovely. Um, wh- what is the most popular foreign nationality in Japan, Pete? Um, it's, it's France, isn't it? It's French. They love the French. They absolutely love the French. They, I don't know if they love the French. They, oh, they love like the French, French culture, yeah. certainly food and the aesthetic. Yeah, but you would, a lot you of would definitely Japanese fine dining comes from France. Yeah, you, you would definitely find you know a, a home in Japan if you're, if you're French. Though, but they absolutely love the French. It's crazy. I don't think. I mean, I can't say what the most popular foreign nationality in Japan is. I'd, I know what the least two favourite are. Mm. You can probably guess what they are. Um, U.S. <laughs> No, no. Oh. US is pretty popular, I'd say. Oh, but, uh, American people will be f- loved the world over if they come to Japan. Well, they're always very friendly. But there are, I'd say, if you're, I think, if you're from uh, Korea or China, I guess it's less, not as uh, particularly Korea. I don't know why I, a lot of Japanese people don't like Koreans for all sorts of historic reasons, even today. And there's always mm. the comfort women issue going on, raging on uh, overhead. Uh, about wartime things but uh, yeah, yeah I, I find those are the only two nationalities where you could have some trouble but even then Japanese people are never I've never really seen Japanese people being overly uh, or openly racist or discriminatory I've never experienced it myself um, so I don't, I don't know I don't know what the most popular foreign nationality is I think if you're British German or French you'll be fine if you come to yeah. Japan so you don't need to Put on an accent or learn a new language just for your trip to Japan. So don't worry and, about it. And goodness knows the goodness knows the uh, kind of the Europeans are they're quite quiet. I think they'd probably you'd probably say they're quite quiet. So they probably fit in quite well. I uh, yeah. I I like being quiet. That's what I like doing. <laughs> um, are you going to? Minxie is clearly your biggest fan. I think you should send a, a signed Pete Donaldson photo. Imagine if I had imagine if I had photographs of myself. <laughs> Just imagine that. Imagine how weird. What a weird world that would be. Um, we've got, uh, shall I move on to Colin's email? Hello, Colin. Yes. Hello, Chris and Pete. My name is Colin. I live in uh, Tacoma, Washington, which is 30 minutes south of Chris's alter ego in Seattle. Uh, I once heard that people in the UK tend not to encourage others to pursue their goals or dreams and uh, have more of an attitude of what's the point. And I'm wondering if this is true and what is the attitude t- towards pursuing dreams in Japan. Thanks to the entertainment. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Colin, for your kind words and your question. Um... I don't. I, I, yeah, Do UK people tend not to encourage others to pursue their dreams or goals. Well, is that um, I would say, Morrissey song? Isn't there? Uh, we hear it when our friends become successful or famous. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, yeah. 
That is not a Morrissey song. That's not a Morrissey. It probably is. It, it probably is. <laughs> that does sound like the sort of thing he'd sing about. But um, I'd say just British people are very cynical when it yeah. comes to dreams or goals. Certainly, yeah. it's so different from America, where you believe you can be an astronaut or the president or mm. anything. Whereas in the UK, I, you know, I remember when I told people I wanted to go to Japan, they sort of sneered and laughed. I remember I used to work at this... Uh, off this office job doing energy stuff it was the most boring crappiest job anyone's ever had in the uk ever and it was so boring just sitting this excel spreadsheets all day um but i would often just go and sit in the car my lunch break my 45 minutes of freedom that i had four or five times a week and i would just sit and read books about entrepreneurs or business owners and just just try and escape and dream about a life that didn't involve looking at bloody microsoft excel (laughs) five days a week and Often, I was, yeah, I remember people found it ridiculous, and it, to be fair, it was pretty funny. Me just going off to the car at lunch breaks with a book titled something like "How to Get Rich," but uh, uh, at the same time, you know, people weren't overly uh, encouraging about yeah. it. Don't know, maybe that's just where I'm from in Kent, in south, in the south. What about you, Pete? Do you well, I, th- I think our dreams think... <laughs> held up north. <laughs> certainly, among the working classes, uh, which I certainly started out as, um, there's a there's a sort of like uh, a genuine feeling. I, I think sometimes of don't get above your station. That's very much tied into the British um, psyche. Certainly, I think it, if you are always dreaming about something that doesn't come to fruition, it can cause you lots of mental health issues. Mm. I often compared Japan to America, which are kind of I think they're opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to this. Uh, mainly due to individualism versus collectivism. But in Japan, I, I guess you're not really encouraged to dream big because it might take you away from your family or it might cause all sorts of problems. There's all sorts of threats and risks to the family unit if you do go off and do something like gamble your future on something yeah. a bit risky. Um, it's more risk-averse culture. Um, mm. But I generally, when I, when I go back to teaching when I think about how I, the, the students I taught many of them didn't really have any big dreams they just sort of plan the next few years ahead and most people most kids I just asked they just sort of said I want to be an office worker it was, mm. it was very much a case of they just wanted to just fit into society and that's I suppose that's good and bad depending on which way you look at it if mm. you don't have big expectations you're not going to be crushed later on in life and have anxiety or depression if you dream of your life being something that doesn't come about whereas if you don't dream about anything then that's not going to happen but at the Mm. same time maybe you won't live a fulfilling life i don't know lots of philosophical questions there but i I guess i don't know i'm certainly drawn towards japanese people that do pursue dreams and are bold and ambitious and entrepreneurial though uh and that's why my closest friends are all business owners Mm. i realize like ryotaro or my friend yuki or even natsuki who owns his own business even if it is the trapping of his own existence because he has to work <laughs> six days a week for himself. Um, yeah. All right. uh, last question from Jason. He says, hey guys, this is my first submission to the fax machine. My name's Jason from Vancouver, Canada, and I have two questions for you guys. Number one, Chris, what's the story betwi- between... Behind, what's the story behind the CGI plane crash that you've had in a couple of videos? And number two, what are your opinions on the upcoming 2020 Olympics and what plans do you have around that time? Really enjoying the podcast. Keep up the fantastic work, Jason. Um, the CGI plane crash. Have you seen that, Pete? Yeah, wasn't that like? Is it, was it from like an app or something? I can't remember. Now. How dare you question <laughs> my skills? CGI skills. Yeah, it was an app. To be, it was an app. I was making a video. The first time I put it in a video was in the uh, 
KFC Christmas fried chicken, KFC oh, Christmas yeah. meal video, where I just ordered a KFC for Christmas, which is popular in Japan. And I just had this random scene of me running through some snow and diving in front of a CGI plane crash. And it kind of worked <laughs> quite well. It came out better than I hoped. It was just an app that I had on my phone. And I thought I'd spruce the videos up and uh, do something a little bit bold to try and... Uh, I don't know, make the channel more popular. It didn't really work, <laughs> but I've certainly enjoyed that scene and, and I've yeah. used it several times over the years because it's one of the most exciting, action-packed sequences on the Abroad in Japan channel ever. Probably unlikely to be repeated unless we <laughs> make Ryotaro the movie, which <clears throat> will be Ryotaro just being blown up, probably. <laughs> and I do that every day. Um, as Wonderful. for the 2020 Olympics, do you have any plans, Pete? Are you actually going to come over? Well, I'm not, big, I'm not a big, I'm not a big track and field kind of guy. I'm not a big uh, Olympics guy. Um, even mm. less so the old uh, rugby as well. So yeah, it's um, probably not to be honest. I think it's, it, uh, the hotels will be more expensive. You won't be able to. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it's been a while since they've hosted something so gargantuan. When was the last one? Probably World mm. Cup 2002. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't give a toss about sports, really. Mm. I left I left the UK just as the 2012 Olympics were kicking off. I think I flew out the morning, the, the, the actual first day of the Olympics. Right, OK. And so I missed it then. And for Japan, for the 2020, and for the, the 2020 Olympics, I might just fly out then as well, because it, it'll be yeah. so damn busy here. Take a little holiday. Um, take a yeah take a holiday but certainly in the in the run up to the olympics i do have a lot of plans i'm going to make a ton of travel videos related to tokyo because i know that's where most foreign travelers are going to end up so it makes sense yeah. to kind of have a big travel series set in tokyo that lots of people are going to watch and find useful so that's the the only thing i've really got planned at the moment but you never know yeah. we might we who knows i don't know really i mean i've i was in a video for the, I think I was in a video that might be shown at the Olympics or around the time of the Olympics promoting Tohoku. So that's oh, cool. my contribution to it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, for the actual Olympics, I'll be hiding either in a cave or I won't be in Japan just to avoid the chaos, I think. Yeah, but you've got to remember that people will be very excited about going to Japan, so they'll be watching your videos and possibly even listening to the podcast. Maybe some people are, uh, are, planning, are planning to be there and they'll listen to the podcast for that reason. That could be true. I don't mm. know. Are you Ooh. listening to the podcast, guys, for the 2020 <laughs> Olympics? Let us know. Send in your comments, questions, and stories to abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back same time next week. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, have a great week, and we'll see you next Thursday. Bye for now. Bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com